Hey y'all, welcome to Creative Confessionals. I'm Kelly Taylor. And I'm Maddie Rose. And we're just two creatives confessing our knowledge. Or lack of. In the entertainment industry. And all things creative. Now, we like to start off every episode with a fun little game we like to call Rad Thing, Bad Thing, where we discuss rad things that happened to us this week and less than rad things, or some might even say bad things that happened this week. So, Kel, why don't you start us off? What's your rad thing of the week? My rad thing of the week is that I just saw the, I don't know to call it, it's like a, like a, like a pitch for an animation project I was working on. So it's like a little cartoon series. So this is my first time ever seeing myself or maybe not myself because I'm actually a cartoon, but hearing myself as a voice actor with the character at the same time, if I'm making any sense at all. Yeah, totally. You get to see who you're playing, what you're playing. That's yeah, awesome. In in action. And I've done audio series and radio plays where I've heard my voice. And obviously I've done film and theater. So this is my first time where a project that I was working on that was kind of animated came to life. And it was only three minutes of it. They're still working on the pilot. So hopefully that'll be written and then we'll get to record that soon. And I'll get to see longer cartoon Kelly. So it was just- That's so exciting. Kind of cool. I was like, oh, look, that's me. <laughs> Amazing. I love that for you. I love that you got that experience this week. And what was your bad thing? My bad thing this week is that myself, my roommate, and my my friend that we've adopted into our, our bubble because she lives in the same building as us, we're such fucking dorks. We have been playing these boxed games by the brand is called Hunt a Killer. And it's this sort of like murder mystery meets escape room meets clue game where you get five different boxes and they all have clues in them and the clues help you figure out different things like essentially who the murderer is in in sort of a murder mystery type of type of a game and it's really fun it's really fun we get to just read through all these letters and do all these ciphers and figure out all these different little clues and and solve a puzzle by the end and it's really fun and silly and takes up a lot of our time and we're all fucking dorks about it and every night we're like can we play the game tonight are you free are you free can we play the game tonight are you sure you're free tonight like even just for an hour <laughs> and and yeah so it's a a fun way to pass the time it's awesome <laughs> yeah and what was your bad or less than rad thing of the week oh it was definitely bad it was definitely bad. So I did the most millennial thing ever. And I say that because I don't think a Gen Z would make this rookie mistake. And I feel really silly even like making those references because I'm barely a millennial, much less anywhere near being Gen Z. But I think I slip in just like under the radar for millennial. So I'll take it. But I was trying to make a TikTok video. And the premise of the video was going to be me on my skateboard rocking out to Avril's Skater Boy in my apartment. So that didn't go well. I uh -uh. wiped out so hard, scared the cat. Poor Daisy ran like I've never seen her run before. Um, oh. My skateboard went like, I don't know, like halfway down the hall and fell on my ass. You okay though? You didn't you didn't actually hurt yourself that badly? No hospital worthy injuries? No hospital worthy injuries. Okay, good. For someone who injures themselves quite frequently, doing really <laughs> stupid things, I 
I didn't have to go to the hospital, didn't hit my head. So we're good. Just, you know, my pride's a little hurt. I'm not going to be a pro TikToker. <laughs> so I guess I can cross that one off the list. I guess I'm just going to stick to acting and producing. I guess you'll just have to stick with those two. <laughs> I guess. Pandemic dreams were shattered. <laughs> what about you? What was your less than rad or if anything like me this week, bad thing? Yeah, mine is also downright bad this week. It's nothing new though. It's... <laughs> I don't, I don't want to say the pandemic, but yeah, the pandemic this week is we in in Toronto and Ontario, we have gone back into another lockdown. The rollout on the vaccines is going really slow and not at all at times. And I was going to say like non-existent. Yeah. So I'm just depressed this week. I don't know what it is about this particular lockdown that has hit me kind of like a ton of bricks this week. I think it's because I was hopeful that we were on our way out and it it just really hit me that we are not. We are stuck in this for a bit longer and like everybody else, I don't want to be. Yeah, no, definitely. It's that roller coaster of emotion, you know? And it's just that like, okay, we're in this, we're going to take it seriously. And then mm-hmm. like last summer, things let up a bit. Things were looking a little hopeful and then we got yeah. that second wave and we we're like, shit, okay, cool, not out of the woods yet. All right. You know, we live in a very populated, condensed city. So unfortunately, we're going to get hit harder than most other places in the country. And then, yeah, we went into another lockdown in November. And I kind of feel like we just like never really left. That's I think that's it. I think it, other never cities really were it. like, oh, like we're out of lockdown now. And I would be talking to my friends. They're like, oh, you're still in lockdown. I'm like, girl, we haven't left. Yeah, there's that like roller coaster promotion. And then, you know, with the vaccine rollout in January, we were getting a little hopeful. We were like, okay, this is fine. We can do this. And yeah, the vaccine rollout is like a fucking shit show. It's an absolute shit show here. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's what it is that's really hitting me. And I think it's also the fact that We're starting to hit having to celebrate certain things in lockdown for the second time. Like people's birthdays are starting to celebrate their second lockdown or second pandemic birthday. My sister is one of those people. Her birthday is coming up really soon. And it makes me sad that I don't get to see her again on her birthday because we're in another fucking lockdown. And I get get the point of it. I'm not saying anything negative about that. I understand why we're in it. I I respect the, the rules of it. But I think the hard part is I don't even know the fucking rules of it anymore we keep going from lockdown to shutdown to emergency break and back and forth and all of these things and yeah I think we just never really left last time so this this one just this week this past week and a half has just hit me like a ton of bricks this week of like fuck this I don't want to do this anymore I will I'm gonna keep wearing my mask I'm gonna keep checking every day to see when I'm allowed to be vaccinated but I don't want to I'm gonna whine about it (laughs) so that's definitely that's that's definitely understandable (laughs) So we're going to get started with today's episode. A few episodes ago, we talked about our creative crushes. People in the industry, whether they be famous people or people that we know personally, people that inspire us. We wanted to take it back a little bit further, like kind of go back in time a little bit and talk about the people, whether they be people directly in our lives who inspired us or people that we looked up to that inspired us to be creatives, to be doing exactly what we're doing right now. Our creative idols, one might say. Exactly. So Maddie, let's go back in time with you a little bit. Who did little Maddie look up to and be like, I wanna do this? Oh, little Maddie looked up to the one, the only, the great, the incredible Julie Andrews. 
Ooh. Yeah, perhaps a bit of an odd one. I'm 27, so I'm thinking like five-year-old Maddie. So only 22 years ago. I mean, Julie Andrews' career spans quite a long time. And I grew up watching Mary Poppins. That was the thing for me. Yeah, I was the kid who my mom could throw on Mary Poppins for the 600th time. Seriously, I watched it far too many times to count. And I knew every word every dance number, every single step to the point where I was mad that I didn't have a a chimney sweeper to do the (laughs) chimney sweep number. I had to use a broom and that was sufficient, but not quite good enough. You know, I just was in love with Mary Poppins and watching Julie Andrews be Mary Poppins just inspired me beyond anything else to do what I do and do what I love. And I've, I've read multiple of her books now. She's, she's got a couple of biographies out, which I highly recommend and learning about her career and how she went from a sort of a cabaret artist to a stage actor and musical theater actor to a film actor. And she's had quite a, a lovely life with family and having kiddos that she has physically given birth to but also adopted kiddos so she's got this this lovely beautiful family and I just adore her work and she continues to work to this day and every now and again I see her pop up in the news and I think oh my god do not take Julie Andrews from me you know as we do when you see a celebrity pop up and you think oh my god are you dead and it the news came out one day that she had passed and it was wrong it was incorrect and I nearly lost it that day because I often think just let me make it big in time to meet her one day yeah she is uh yeah I sound a little obsessive a little crazy but I was obsessed with Mary Poppins I can't even tell you my mom my mom could tell you even more maybe we should have her on one day uh and she can tell you the story of of little Maddie running around and, and dancing to all of the numbers I swear to god I could still like tell you all of the words and and all of the dance steps in there somewhere muscle memory oh that was me as a kid for sure like i would i had every single line to clueless memorized to the point where i would annoy the shit out of whoever was watching it with me because i would just know it and i would try (laughs) to talk in like a new york accent like britney murphy did but like i had it i'm awful at dialects but when i was a kid i could do every line of clueless i could do britney murphy's new york little accent her little attitude. Oh, I I had it all. I was obsessed. You talk about being obsessed. Like I actually still have the clueless poster hanging up in my apartment right now. Love that movie so, so much. So who else are your creative inspirations, creative idols from when, when you were itty bitty little Kelly? Itty bitty little Kelly loved Amanda Bynes. So, so amazing. So, 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 so talented. When I was a kid, I had no friends. So I would spend my hours watching two things. I would watch the Country Music Network, hence my love for country music, and Nickelodeon. So I was watching all that in The Amanda Show. Mm-hmm. And I loved it because I was too young to watch SNL. When I discovered all that in The Amanda Show, these were kids like me. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, they're being silly and funny. I want to be silly and funny. And then I would just make up little skits at recess with my friends and them on in front of our class. And they were like three minute little little stupid sketches. And then when I moved to Toronto and I realized that sketch comedy was a huge art form. I was like, oh my God, this is where I belong. Yeah. I love that. I love that transition. I can see that. I can see how you went from the Amanda Bynes show and all that to doing sketch comedy yourself, because those were, I, I don't want to say kids sketches, but like teen, tween, teen sketches. Yeah. They were sketch like, comedy. A, they were 
like a Saturday Night Live for kids, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what it was. It was for the kids that weren't allowed to stay up that late or who didn't get the jokes because SNL is targeted at grownups. And, yeah, you know, absolutely. when you're like between 10 and 12 or 13, you don't get those jokes. It's not funny to you. So, you know, seeing kids like you playing dress up and it was it was so cool. And I never looked at it as a career when I was that young because I thought like they were just kids having fun like me, except they were on TV and I wasn't. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I can see that progression. So who has inspired you to go for it? Like who in your life was like, I get that Mary Poppins inspired you in a theatrical level and a creative level. Who inspired you to pursue your career? I sort of have have two of them that have been along the way. But my my first one, my main one, the OG one, if you will, is my mom. My mom Aww. has been my biggest cheerleader, my number one fan since day one. She never told me to sit down when I was watching Mary Poppins. She never turned Mary Poppins off. She sparked my love for movies. She would bring us to the movie theater, me and my older sister, when we were itty, itty bitty kids. And she would bring a blanket because it was always cold in the movie theater we would get all kinds of snacks and we would just watch movies and she continued to watch tv with me as i got older and sit on the couch and even as a teenager she would watch uh we watched the wire together and i i never let her live this down she she was doing a lot of driving at that time back and forth between my my mom's house and my dad's house she was the one who would pick us up from my dad's house and she would fall asleep on the couch while we were watching the wire together and i would get so annoyed with her but she still tried anyways like sat there and still watched it with me even though she knew she was going to fall asleep and she has championed me from day one I mean when I grew up and said mom I want to be an actor she went great how do we get you there how do we figure that out as opposed to I think a lot of parents and rightfully so a lot of parents would say no that's a hard industry that's a rough industry you should pick something more practical and she has not once told me to be more practical so my mom is my is my main one who told me to go for it and who has been there since day one she's been my reader on self-tapes before she has like you know helped me connect with other actors before she is anyways I could go on for days about that woman but the other one you're gonna hate me for saying this you (laughs) you gave me the first chance to produce you let me produce on your dime. We produced Monsters together. I remember sitting with you saying, I think I want to produce a thing. And you were like, great, done. I also want to produce another thing, but I don't want to do it on my own. So do yeah. it with me. And I was like, are you fucking crazy? And you were like, yeah, do it. <laughs> the answer is yes. However, I yeah. still need a co-producer. <laughs> yeah. You were, you were my lifesaver on that project. The play we chose was, no pun intended, a monster of a play. Yeah. And it was essentially like, yeah, there were two producers, but it was like each of us were almost producing a separate project, just the amount of work that went into Mm -hmm. it. When we decided on the show and then how much work it was, it's like, okay, so it's sink or swim time. And Mm -hmm. you swam. You you rose to the occasion and no, you were great. You're actually a better producer than I am. That's for sure. Nah, I don't don't think that at all. But I only swam because you were my floaties, girl. You you helped me get there. And it's pretty awesome because now I have an interview next week to produce a thing. I mean, fingers crossed for me. We'll see if I get it. But yeah, there's, there's somebody else 
out there in this world because you gave me a chance. There's somebody else out there in this world that's like, hey, we're considering giving you a chance too. Even if I, whether I get it or not, it's somebody else out there is still like, oh, I think she's capable, like capable enough to at least have a chat with her about it. So yeah, I think, I think uh, you and my mom have been, have been some of my biggest champions throughout, throughout this journey. I mean, my older sister too, she would almost quite literally punch me in the face if I don't say her too, because she has always been, been by my side as well. But yeah, that's, that's the short list of my Oscar speech right there. And uh, of course, all of the amazing ladies in the boys club, they are always championing me as well as, as well as each other. And, you know, we're always creating new fun projects with each other. So yeah, I could gush all day about the amazing people in my life, but I'm a, I'm a turn it to you. I'm gonna let you gush for a second. Who, who are the people that have inspired you, who have championed you from the beginning? Um, I think one person in particular, her name is Stephanie Beaumont. And in the 90s, she was a country music singer. And I loved country music growing up when I was a little kid. And then when I moved to Canada, I moved to Canada when I was about 15, 16. And she was this independent Canadian country singer. And I thought she was really cool. And I loved her music. And I remember when I bought her CD, and I opened up the liner notes, it had her website on there. Now, for those of you listening and don't know what a CD is... Oh, that hurts. <laughs> Back in the day, we had this thing called CDs before everything was digital. So it had her website and that was something you did back in the day. Definitely like late 90s. And if someone had a website, that was like a cool thing because it's not like now where everyone has a fucking mm-hmm. website. My cat could have a website. So I went on her website and I was like, you can email Stephanie. And I was like, okay, cool. And when I was really young, I wanted to be a country music singer. That was one of my my dreams. And, and that dream transitioned into acting and storytelling in a different way. However, when I was about 17, I sent her an email being like, hey, I really like your music. Uh, I'm 17 and I really want to be a performer. Do you like have any advice for me? And I had no idea what I was expecting her to say back. I thought she was going to write some lame bullshit like, that's so great. Follow your dreams. Believe in yourself. Bye. Which is all good advice. However, I respect her advice that she gave me so much more now since I've been in the industry and I know how hard it is. She gave me like a list of resources, which was so, so helpful and so beneficial. And she was very encouraging, like, yes, follow your dreams, believe in yourself, Mm -hmm. this, this, and this, but it is a business. So here are some resources, here are some books to read. One of the things she told me to do was to go to a recording studio and talk to people. And whatever reason that resonated with me, and I think everything happens for a reason sometimes the universe has a way of like helping you out. So when I was in my last year of high school, I took co-op, which is basically like working for free at like the career you want. Yeah, it's like a like an internship. Yeah. So I wanted to work at a recording studio. I wanted to do something with with music or performing. And my poor guidance counselor had no idea where to put me because we looked at all the options for theater. There wasn't anything for that. This is also in a really small town in Ontario. Like I lived in Kitchener. So this is an entertainment central, Mm -hmm. not like Toronto where there's so many different performing opportunities. So there was nothing for me in the performing world. And then I had talked to a friend who was doing a co-op at a recording studio and I was like oh that sounds amazing and that clicked with me like recording studio this was this was one of the resources she gave me and then I went into this recording studio and luckily they were new enough to just want free help and they said yes and um those people were lovely people and they really took me under their wing and taught me a lot about performing and they're still my friends to this day and when that recording studio closed everybody was moving on to bigger and better things and I didn't really know at that point 
what I wanted to do with my career. Mm -hmm. I was doing a little bit of acting too. Like I was taking acting classes and I made that decision to pursue acting and like go 100% for it. And I think if it wasn't for that little advice of sharing, you know, those resources, I don't know what I would have done. I probably would have just gone to community college. Not only has Stephanie inspired me when I was younger, but to me, she's like the OG creative because this woman does everything. So like I said, in the 90s, she was a country music singer. She made that transition to, I don't know what they're called, uh, the people that like interview people backstage at award shows and stuff like that. TV personalities, I guess. I don't know. Entertainment journalist, entertainment host. I guess. Please forgive me. I'm just a little actor. (laughs) Podcasting is very new to me. And she also has a podcast. So she was a TV personality. She would pop up on like different entertainment TV shows. I Again, I don't really know what I'm saying here. But she's so versatile and so multi-talented. And now she has her own website where she dedicates the website to the East Coast, which is where she's from. And it's called See and Be Seen. She's really cool. So she interviews actors, musicians, and focused on the East Coast. And she also now has a podcast and all around multi-talented badass and inspires me to be a creative and wear those different hats. Because at the time, you know, when I first started getting into the industry, there weren't a lot of people who wore different hats. Like right now, it's so common. Everybody wears different creative hats. But if you think about it, this is like a new thing. I would say in the past, like maybe 10-ish, maybe. Maybe 15 if we're really pushing it. But I would say the past 10 years, it's become more of a common thing to wear different creative hats because before it was you are an actor. That is what you do. Yeah, I totally agree. I think I think it wasn't as common or maybe not as publicized that that people wear so many hats. Like if you got like Disney famous, then you would get a record deal. Yeah. Now it's very common in the independent entertainment scene for people to wear different hats because I think it costs money to live. And Mm -hmm. sometimes you got to wear different hats to pay the bills because you might love acting, but acting might not be the only thing that pays your bills. So you might have to do some writing. You might have to, you know, do some producing and and that sort of thing. It's really encouraging to see people that you've looked up to who who do that as well, who wear different creative hats and and own it, like Mm -hmm. make that transition so smooth. Like you wouldn't be able to tell that that wasn't their first creative hat. Yeah. Y'all can tell that this podcast is not our first creative hat. Mm -mm. No, definitely not. <laughs> it shows. <laughs> so yeah, so that's my creative idols. And I could also probably go on for days and days and days. I mean, of course, I love Taylor Swift. But you know, that's, that's just another story. <laughs> yeah, I think we all have a, a short list of people that have inspired us and inspire our work. I Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are another two of mine. They often work together. They are in the Cornetto series trilogy. They're part of Shaun of the Dead, uh, Hot Fuzz, movies like that, as well as the main reason that I love them is for an old TV show that has only gotten like, I think it only had two seasons. This is a bit of a deep cut here. Most people are probably not even going to know what I'm talking about, but it's called Spaced. And it was created by Simon Pegg and the other co-star in it. Her name is Jessica Hines. So Jessica Hines and Simon Pegg were some of the creators of this, this show Spaced and they brought their friends on. They worked with their friends. They do, they, this show was what you and I do. We create a thing we produce a thing we put it out into the world and we hire our amazing talented friends and give them a home as well so Simon Pegg went I know the funniest guy in the world his name is Nick Frost and I want him 
to be part of this show and he brought him on. And I love that. And just fun little side note, 23 is my lucky number. 23 is also the house they live in on that show. The address of the house they live in is number 23. And part of the reason why I have the number 23 tattooed on my ribs. because I'm a dork. But yeah, so I, I'm I'm kind of obsessed with that show and obsessed with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. And kind of side note, they both have biographies and they're both excellent reads. Nick Frost's biography is my absolute favorite like celebrity biography out there. I think it's called Truths, Half-Truths and Little White Lies or something along those lines. But I read a lot of biographies and a lot of folks kind of say, they kind of throw in there, oh, my dad was in the industry. My dad was a director or my mom was an actress. And it, it gets a little disheartening when your parents aren't in the industry. And Nick Frost's upbringing makes me feel a little better about my own and and the projection that I could have in this industry. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not all nepotism. And that that makes me feel a little better. So yeah, those those guys are also some of mine. And also Ava DuVernay and anyone who is trying to change this industry and make it more inclusive and make it better for all of us. And pretty much anything that that woman touches turns to gold. I think she is just an incredible person. But anyways, I could continue gushing all day. Do you have a few other honorable mentions that you want to shout out? I do. I was actually just going to, in response to your 23 tattoo, I'm equally a huge dork because I have a Taylor Swift inspired tattoo on my <laughs> on my hip bone and it says fearless because I'm a dork and I love, love, love Taylor Swift. And when she came out with the Fearless album, she was doing this like big radio tour and everyone was asking her like, what is fearless to you? Like, what does fearless mean to you? And she was like, to me, fearless isn't about being 100% unafraid. It's about being terrified, but then you jump in anyways. And I'm like, oh my God, that needs to get inked on my body permanently. So it is. But yeah, a few other honorable mentions. I have mentioned the lovely Velvet Wells many, many, many times. He is one of my my favorite humans. He's my mentor. He was my director for a sketch comedy show I did a few years ago. And he's honestly the reason I am doing a virtual theater show is because I wrote this script in quarantine and I put it on the back burner being like, okay, well, I'll wait until the world is done exploding. And then the world just kept exploding more and more and more. And then everyone just kept saying like, well, why don't you just wait, you know, just wait till you can do it like properly. Um, And then I was like, what does properly mean in the entertainment world, especially in theater? Like, what is properly? Like, to me, it just it doesn't exist. And when Velvet was talking about adapting to virtual theater and virtual performing, I was like, okay, I'm inspired now. So we're going to reimagine this thing and we're going to start rehearsals. And we've been rehearsing it for a few weeks now and we're going to be filming the first part of it soon. I'm very excited. Yeah, we so are. if it wasn't for Velvet, I would probably still have this script and it would just be sitting there collecting dust. Actually, that's a lie. I didn't print it. That's just a metaphor. It's on my computer. <laughs> It would be collecting computer dust. Is, is that a thing? It would just be sitting there and I would not be working on a project that I'm so excited for. Cool. So. And a project that I get to work with you with. Yes. Work on with? Your first know, director words. hat. Yeah. My first real one. Yeah. See, and that's the thing is that we're adapting as creatives as we go. You know, this pandemic has changed that for, I think, a lot of creatives. We've all had to reimagine ourselves a bit. I had to do it as a voice actor. You're doing it as a writer and a director. Both of us as podcasters. Never thought that would be a thing. Never. So weird. Yeah. Thanks to everyone for listening to us and continuing to listen to us. And you guys inspire us. 
Yeah. Seeing all of those lovely, I was about to say views, not views, listens to to every week's episode. Yeah, you guys inspire us to keep making more. So thanks on that note. Perhaps we should wrap up on that note. Thanks so much for being with us for this journey. Yeah, thanks for letting us explore a new territory. Yeah, and, and being there for us and inspiring us to keep going. We will be going on a bit of a season break soon. We'll have a couple more episodes for you guys to enjoy. But until then, we'll be back next week and we'll see you next week. No, we're not going to see you. We can't see you. No, we can't see you. No, you'll hear us next week. We'll hear you next week. They'll hear no. us. They'll listen to us. They'll, they'll listen to us in their ear. We'll be buds. in your, no, not earbuds. That's a dog. No, earbuds. No, that's, that's Airbud. Airbud's a dog. Mm. You will be in your ear holes. Yes. But if you just subscribe, then you don't have to worry about anything we're rambling about. Mm-mm, not at all. And we're also on Instagram. You can follow us at Creative Confessionals Podcast. You can subscribe on Spotify, iTunes. Please leave a comment. And if you don't like us, then send us to your exes. That works. Totally. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye.